Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk podcast. This is Nancy McCrady. Welcome to the series Summer Readings. This is going to go throughout the next many, many episodes. And I will refer to many of the books that I have read, I am still reading, and any new ones that I might come across. So, let's enjoy summer readings together and let God sober us, awaken us, prepare and mature us for the days in which we live, that we might, as many of those that we have revered and respected over the ages, that we too might fall into that category of person who simply loved the Father and obeyed Him and lived out Christ as life. Love you all, my friends. Here we go. Summer Readings 2023. All right, picking up right where we left off. I'm at the very bottom of page 28 in my book in chapter 1 of uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer's classic Life Together and right up on then the top of page 29. When the morning mists of dreams vanish, then dawns the bright day of Christian fellowship. In the Christian community, thankfulness is just what it is anywhere else in the Christian life. Only he who gives thanks for little things receives the big things. We prevent God from giving us the great spiritual gifts he has in store for us because we do not give thanks for daily gifts. We think we dare not be satisfied with the small measure of spiritual knowledge, experience, and love that has been given to us and that we must constantly be looking forward eagerly for the highest good. Then we deplore the fact that we lack the deep certainty, the strong faith, and the rich experience that God has given to others, and we consider this lament to be pious. We pray for the big things and forget to give thanks for the ordinary, small, and yet really not small, gifts. How can God entrust great things to one who will not thankfully receive from him the little things? If we do not give thanks daily for the Christian fellowship in which we have been placed, even where there is no great experience, no discoverable riches, but much weakness, small faith, and difficulty, if on the contrary we only keep complaining to God that everything is so paltry and petty, so far from what we expected, then we hinder God from letting our fellowship grow according to the measure and riches which are there for us all in Jesus Christ. This applies in a special way to the complaints often heard from pastors and zealous members about their congregations. A pastor should not complain about his congregation, certainly never to other people, but also not to God. A congregation has not been entrusted to him in order that he should become its accuser before God and men. When a person becomes alienated from a Christian community in which he has been placed and begins to raise complaints about it, he had better examine himself first to see whether the trouble is not due to his wish dream that should be shattered by God. And if this be the case, let him thank God for leading him into this predicament. But if not, let him nevertheless guard against ever becoming 
an accuser of the congregation before God. Let him rather accuse himself for his unbelief. Let him pray God for an understanding of his own failure and his particular sin, and pray that he may not wrong his brethren. Let him, in the consciousness of his own guilt, make intercession for his brethren. Let him do what he is committed to do, and thank God. Christian community is like the Christian's sanctification. It is a gift of God which we cannot claim. Only God knows the real state of our fellowship, of our sanctification. What may appear weak and trifling to us may be great and glorious to God. Just as the Christian should not be constantly feeling his spiritual pulse, so too the Christian community has not been given to us by God for us to be constantly taking its temperature. The more thankfully we daily receive what is given to us, the more surely and steadily will fellowship increase and grow from day to day as God pleases. Christian brotherhood is not an ideal which we must realize. It is rather a reality created by God in Christ in which we may participate. The more clearly we learn to recognize that the ground and strength and promise of all our fellowship is in Jesus Christ alone, the more serenely shall we think of our fellowship and pray and hope for it. That brings us to the end of page 30. Oh, my friends, my friends, my friends, we can go honestly before God and say, Father, I don't know if the church, our church, our fellowship is what you have desired it to be. You can certainly have honest conversations before God, but is it being moved by God's own life and heart within you for his body to be what he wants it to be? Is your grief because the body of Christ is not yet all that he has made it to be? Are you grieved to see that maybe you have been accusing the body of Christ. You have come against her. Hmm? You see, I'm not speaking about the religious institutions, as some would say, the kingdom of Saul, the old, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about the living, breathing, phenomenal body of Christ, his people whom he lives in, whom he has joined together. You see, I wrote this in my book, From Trauma to Trust, that the church has been my best friend on the face of the earth, beginning with my own mom, who led me to Jesus when I was seven, with my husband, who led me back to Jesus when I was 27, and the myriad of people that in them was the absolute ability, the grace of God to see beyond my flesh. They saw the flesh, and they certainly uh, dealt with it. But they knew me according to the Spirit, and they knew my only hope was Christ in me. And they discipled me. They provoked me. They disciplined me. They spoke truth to me. They didn't have a wish dream, a fantasy fellowship. They didn't try to get me to adhere. I was the one... (laughs) who brought defilement right up in the house of God. You see, the true body of Christ has been my best friend on the face of the earth. She's never done me harm, only done me good, and I plan on returning the favor. 
all my friends to promote life in the brethren, uh, between the brethren, right? All my friends, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit will have that which they have created. And when the world sees that church, that body of Christ, let me tell you, hell's not going to be able to prevail against it. And it's not going to be some wish dream, some perfect program, some hyped up, you know, whatever. Mm -mm. The spiritual reality of him pitching the tent of his presence, his abode, his dwelling, his resting place. And right now he's all over the world finding those sons who will not want to steal his glory, who will steward as sons, they will steward their father's business. They will not take the glory for themselves. Right now he's visiting places to see if he'll be able to come and live all over the world. There's not going to be one place that everybody flocks to. Oh, there shall be many houses of fire. The fire of a jealous God. The fire that is the all-consuming jealous God. And we'll be glad about it. We will be those who are the most joyous. And we will be those who can walk into days of great glory and great trouble and not flinch. Mm -hmm. Well, there you have it for today, my friends. Summer readings. Can't wait for the next episode. Here we go. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.